to this fucking day, nothing bothers me more about the fourth Batman movie. Not the casting. Not the ice jokes that are so shoehorned in. If you've not seen Batman and Robin, don't. So there's a bad guy. There's multiple bad guys, just like all the Batman movies now. Where he's up against a villain who's frozen. His name is Mr. Freeze because in the Batman universe, you don't go too far with a name. If somebody has a face made out of clay, their name is Clayface. If a woman is stuck as a little dolly, her name is Little Dolly. Hey, that guy looks like a joker. Okay. You don't have to go too deep (laughs) into explanations for Batman theory. So there's a frozen bad guy, and his name is Mr. Freeze. He exhausts every single ice pun that you could come up with in the first 20 fucking minutes of the movie. Ice to meet you, put you on ice, right? Just all of the ones that you're like, oh, no, sure, you can come up with more than that. Yeah, of course, but he has to say one every scene. And so 20 minutes into the fucking movie, you're out of all the standards. Halfway through the movie, they're already re- he's already setting himself up and giving himself answers. He's also like, I don't think the situation could snowball, right? Like halfway through the movie already, he's already got to like, okay, I can't just say snowball. I've got to set that shit up. Otherwise, Batman's going to think I'm an idiot. Otherwise, Batman's going to think I'm just a moron shooting my ice ray at him without a fucking quip. And I can't just say snowball. Come on. It's Batman. By the end of it, he's actually just screaming out like riddles that he can answer himself. You know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. What? Like he's his own 50 fucking joke? He's a villain. He's trying to destroy the whole fucking city. He comes up with his own setups and knockdowns by the end of it. I really almost wanted to see a recasting of it because how much further could you take those fucking jokes? How much more setup can you go? Like, Bats, do you know how your girlfriend is like a Scandinavian tale? She's a nice princess! Like, he's got one move. It's a freeze ray. And he shouts before he fires it. So how much further down the fucking row is he going to go? (laughs) all right nobody else has to be into fucking batman hate as i am i was just talking about a little bit beforehand trying to vamp it out i'm actually a little bit uh nervous for no good reason i just haven't done one of these in a while and it's just so strange uh i said it on the on the podcast proper but I don't know. I can be a little bit more rambly here. This has these shows have a smaller audience, and uh, uh, you know, a, a more casual feel. And it's been a journey the last couple of months. Um, it's been pretty strange for me, out on the range all alone, and with all the with all the news happening. Uh, 
And, you know, there really hasn't been a lot to to really talk about. Productivity went down. Creativity went down. Um, and I just kind of focused on singing. I kind of focused on walking, on on stretching and, and treating the kitty, kitty real well. I know that can sound silly, but when you when you have little control over something, uh, it feels good. So the other thing that I've that I've done is I've pulled way back on, and I really wanted to do this, uh, kind of just mundane pleasures. And I'm very pleased to say that I, I've been off THC for. A little while now. I don't actually know how long. I haven't been keeping track of the weeks, but for a while, and not too many people seem to have noticed uh, any kind of profound difference. So that felt really good. But I wanted to talk about it a little bit because I only started doing uh, weed um, a couple years back. Uh, it's been less than four years, uh, really, since I since I started taking it. And when I first started taking it. Literally, I would be in physical pain and discomfort until I did, and then I would be out of it. Uh, and what that allowed me to do, and the freedom it allowed me to, to to start making moves to get to this point where I can start planning on making some real moves, um, it's just fantastic. One of the worst insults anyone ever said to me and they had a real evil look on their face when they said it was, it looks uncomfortable to be you. And it was. It was physically uncomfortable to be me. And you can see that from a distance, I think. Physiologically, it was. I wasn't overweight, but I was having trouble breathing, yada, yada, yada. And... The reason why that insult stuck so good is because if you could see it, then everybody can. And I'm just locked in this. And I've, I've complained about my parents before and, and, and the abusiveness um, that happened there. So I default went into the world with this mindset that no one's really going to believe me. I was bullied, bullied, bullied inside my own house. And I was bullied, bullied, bullied outside my own house throughout my adolescence. Rough childhood. Uh, and so when it came to doctors and telling them how I felt, doctors tell me the exact same thing that they tell you when you're sick. Eh. Eh. And I took it. And, I mean, I tried a lot of things. And I got in monster, monster shape. And I just assumed that this was it, but I never felt good. So then, I tried weed as a teenager, did not have this effect at all. So I don't know if the physiology got worse as I aged or because I broke my back uh, in my early 30s or what have you and had to, you know, get that back on track or whatever and didn't do it right. But the moment I took an edible in Denmark, the moment I had one, my life changed. Because I... I knew within an hour, holy shit, I'm not supposed to feel this way. It's, I'm not supposed to. And then it becomes a real 
uh, addiction once I come back to America to find and secure it and get it on a daily basis. My mentality fucking sucks because the end of 2016 is awful for me. So I'm in a full bad mental state. And physiologically speaking, unless I'm high, I am in pain. Not just discomfort, but pain. I've learned the difference. And this all sounds really bad and nasty, so I promise we're turning a corner very quick here. Uh, but when I went on a tea break last year, even, uh, for a month, because I, I had to plan it for a month, I could not imagine going for more than three days, no pain, but definitely wasn't eager to go fucking work out and having all kinds of trouble sleeping still and having all kinds of issues with it. And I just thought, ah, oh, that's not great. All the healing I've done and all the work I've done, you know, I'm not sure I'm in that much of better of a place. Well, jump forward now to the COVID times where I legitimately have the money to smoke all day every day. Uh, not only that, but like, I don't know how this is going to come across because I know things are really hard right now and I'm really empathetic. So hopefully this does not seem crude or crass, but to live a life where I say, I'm depressed and women throw more money at you is like the greatest fucking thing in the world. I don't know what else to say. To say, I don't really feel like working right now and I can't do it. Please don't feel like you need to throw any fucking money at me right now. This is, this is previous money that I've gotten that got me back here. Uh, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. All the support and all the encouragement and saying you're human and take the time and, and all of it was just amazing. It's just a totally different experience than I've ever had in life. It's an experience that I know that most of you haven't had. Unconditional support. Unconditional. Because no condition was met. There was no, hey man, here's $20, but you owe me a fucking podcast later, lol. Just a lot of support when I... I didn't expect it, I didn't require it, I didn't need it. So I have you know, the ability and the time to just sit around and do it. I have women encouraging me to do it, who I think have my best interests at heart, and all that thing. So to, to have all that and to still say, well, I don't really want to do it right now. I don't want a chemical buffer all day, every day, going through the experience that I am right now. This is hard right now, and I don't want to feel everything I'm feeling right now. I'm having extra anxious thoughts. I'm going in and out of PTSD episodes. I don't want to feel it all. But I feel strong enough to. And there's a lot of things up in the air right now, and my priorities don't feel to be straight, and I want to evaluate myself. And so to make that decision, you have to feel pretty good. Because I did not make it under any duress or any kind of difficulty or any kind of thing like that, like I had to last year, frankly. <clears throat> So I'm just in this better place. But let me tell you, it's so weird because I was kind of waiting. It takes about 72 hours if you're a daily uh, uh, inhibitor uh, to get all the way out of your system. And I was real nervous because <laughs> I had trouble sleeping last time and there was discomfort last time. So 24 hours go by and I'm like, this doesn't feel any different at all. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did I did I get permanently high? I know you can't do that, but that would be dope. Did I did I smoke myself out of consciousness? That would be amazing. Because I slept the first night and there's no. So I wake up the next day and I'm like, okay, back 
pain. Do your thing. And then it doesn't come. I get right out of bed. No problem. And 72 hours comes. I want to exercise still. Uh, I, I think somewhere around the two-week mark, still no changes and no big difference. I'm walking. I'm exercising. I'm putting myself out there. Um, but really, I don't feel any different. I don't feel more motivated. <laughs> I was really hoping I would feel more mo like all those fucking drug anti-drug commercials would be true, and that like I'd stop smoking weed, get bored, and then just do a ton of fucking recording. Unfortunately, that doesn't pan out either. What I do now is I thought, well, if, if I stop smoking weed, maybe I'll work more and I'll do less doom scrolling. I do less doom scrolling because now I'll be sober reading the news going like, well, fuck, this is hitting. <laughs> so it's got to stop. <laughs> but I was really kind of hoping, you know, all those commercials about like somebody takes one puff and then they like literally deflate on the couch and they never move again. I was kind of hoping that was what was happening to me, but it's not. Because I realize, oh no, I'm active as fuck when I'm stoned. I just don't think about it. I just don't overthink it. Instead of where I'm sober, I'm like, okay, I should eat potatoes for lunch. But how many potatoes should I have for lunch? Well, the potatoes that I have that I've selected in my cupboard are approximately 140 kilograms, 140 kcals apiece. And if I coat them with olive oil, that'll put them up to about 165. <laughs> so if I have... Whereas if I'm stoned, I just fucking turn it on, I spray them, I throw them in. How many potatoes? We'll find out. <laughs> I don't cook less potatoes. I wish I was the kind of stoner. Louis C.K. has this fucking bit. I'm going to keep referencing... Uh, disgraced comedians who have great bits. We get to take the good bits. We get to discard the rest of the fuckers. You have this great bit about how he wishes he could just be drunk all the time. He could be a drunk. Like, he could be the kind of embarrassing drunk that drinks and then comes to your dance recital and be like, I love you, sweetheart! But he can't be that kind of drunk because the drunk he actually is is he has a couple of drinks, he feels good, he has some more drinks, and then he passes out. That's the kind of drunk that he is. So he can never be the other kind of drunk. He's that kind. And I feel the exact same fucking way <laughs> about fucking weed. I wish all these fucking stories about it were true, because I'm looking forward to starting it up again, but my god... I wish I could just vape a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like, where'd this pizza come from? I ordered so many things off Amazon. Why, I watched 17 hours of Avatar last night, and I hardly remember anything except laughing. That sounds amazing. I get stoned, and I plan a walk. I sit down, I watch the news. What? That sounds so fucking cool. Ugh. <sighs> I'm so envious of the rest of you <laughs> getting to live that life. <sighs> I overthink everything. I don't when I'm stoned. And when I'm stoned, I think just the right amount. And also laugh a lot. 
and also think that Krugerbing is the funniest thing ever minted. Krugerbing. Yes, we know. Krugerbing. Yes, we know the sign is fucked up. Thank you. Just Google it. Krugerbing. When you're not... When you're not stoned, that's only pretty funny. But when you're stoned, that is the funniest thing that's ever been made. I, I'm not quite sure. It just is. Just, you know, Krugerbing. Look it up. <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of requests tonight, which is why I vamped, vamped, vamped all the way through that. Uh, vamped even more before I did that, uh, which is how we got on Batman and Robin. Thank you to everybody who came out tonight. I do appreciate you. Everybody listening, please come out, especially next week on the 14th, that Friday. It's going to be the birthday show. I'm going to actually try and advertise it, get as many people in, especially if you're a new girl, if you're a returning girl. I promise it's just going to be a real fun night. Please, please, please come out for the 14th. Uh, That's my birthday. It would mean a lot to me. Uh, Since you can only celebrate it online this year, like possibly Christmas as well. Holy shit, is this ever going to end? I promise. Anyway, the birthday celebration would be fantastic. That's the 14th, uh, 10 Eastern. It's just going to be a typical show. Bring out your requests, whatever you want. Let's try and get wild with it. Uh, 15th, uh, also around that time, Saturday night, got a movie. The girls are, some of the girls are buying me dinner or something. We're going to watch the movie. I've been excited for this movie for a long time. No major trigger warnings. Uh, great actors. I really like all the actors in it. And it's got a female lead. So come on. I want to see it. It's my request for the movie. This is my, uh, they asked me what I wanted to see. And, uh, this was my pick. So if you think I've got good taste and those things intrigue you, then come on out. Let's watch the movie together, huh? Okay, so that's that. Uh, Because if you made it this far, you definitely like me, and you want more of me. Longing and mystery and delight. As if from some swaying blackness of some slow-motion masquerade onto the dim bridge you came. The night flowed, the silent there floated into the satin streams, the black mask's wolf-like profile, and those tender lips of yours. And under the chestnuts, along the canal, you passed, luring me, my askance. What did my heart discern in you? How did you move me so? In your momentary tenderness, or in the changing contour of your shoulders, Did I experience a dim sketch of other, irrevocable, encounters? Perhaps your romantic pity led you to understand what had been trembling the arrow now pierced my verse. I know nothing. Strangely, the verse vibrates, and in it, an arrow. Perhaps you, still nameless, were the genuine the awaited one. But sorrow not yet quite cried out perturbed our starry hour. Into the night returned the double fissure of your eyes, eyes not yet illuminated. For how long? Forever? Far off, I wonder, and strain to hear the movement of the stars above our encounter, and what if you are to be my fate? Longing, 
and mystery and delight. And like a distant supplication, my heart must travel on. But if you are to be my fame, The Encounter, Enchanted by the Strange Proximity, Vladimir Nabokov. That was lovely. That guy has a way with words. He should write a really nasty narrator that people find sympathetic. <clears throat> I wonder, my lover... Do my nails carving your back awaken the wolf within as your penetrating glaze awakens mine? Lifting its head from slumber, ears pointed up and forward, it stands, pausing for the briefest of moments to ensure that it has correctly understood the message. Then, with confident gait, it saunters at first, knowing there is not yet a need for speed. But as the heartbeat drum quickens, inside twitching ears, so does its pace. Until reaching a full speed, galloping rhyme, it runs. Racing the winds now, it runs. Until a mere flash between trees is all that is seen in all the rocky mountain. Muscles quivering, contracting, it sprints, panting. And when reaching the most elevated peak, the wild cold winds whip at a will to tumble. The beast back below, the wolf stands firm. Releasing one piercing. Celebratory howl. Before leisurely and softly, trotting back towards its familiar place of rest, to calmly lie down. Until next time. Oh yes, my lover. You do awaken the wolf in me. The wolf in me, untitled or unauthored. <clears throat> what is love, you ask? My head spins, recalling every song, story, word, and glorious thing I've ever heard, every cliched ring in my ears like a bell announcing the birth of a new day or a death yesterday. Depends on how you hear it. I haven't a clue. So I ask love... What are you? Love replies, Can't you feel me? I'm here. I'm the one holding your hand, reminding you not to forget me. I'm the one feeling in your belly when you don't know why. I'm the ache to the core when one someone sways to the other side of the vibe. I'm the tingle of your skin when it's touched by the tip of a thrill you can rely on. The knowing when your eyes meet the eyes that recognize yours and hold yours, loose enough to move freely but tight enough to never let you fall. I'm the breath you take in and let out all the way the end until you hold, and your shoulders drop into arms and flop, feel like a blanket of truth. And they wrap around you and soothe you to the moon you thought was in the sky. I'm the backbone that holds it all together, the vertebrae sticking on the top, each other, when it's all gone, pear-shaped, 
and wrong. I'm the biting of your lips, keeping it zipped, swallowing words that could wound my rip apart. I'm choosing kindness over being right. I'm the fight in you when you don't know how. I'm the life in you when it's gone right out. I'm life when I'm near, hope without fear. I'm nothing fancy in a world dripping in gold. But a beautiful jewel never bought, never sold. And when you open your heart and let me in alone, you'll know who I am. Because I feel like home. Home by Imelda May. I'm going to go with Imelda. I-M-E-L-D-A-M-A-Y. That concludes our poetry. I told you, we didn't get a lot of requests. Shaking off the dirt. We've only got one love letter as well, which is why I vamp so much. So, quick little sip and we'll get right into it. <clears throat> Dearest Chris, this is what I've been waiting for. Your freedom left me dumb and choked me up, but now I feel released. Christopher, my dear, dear man, it is so wonderful you are coming home. Golly, this excitement's almost too much for my body. I could hug you for somehow saying all the right things and just being your so beautiful self. I'm wallowing in your letters and feel extra smitten. I guess it's extra with every male. You're not wrongly inferring in my affairs. I want to want you to interfere, for they are our affairs. Being able to write like we have been has been a wonderful thing. I do so long for when we can live normal sort of lives. This is such an unnatural way of going on for both of us. I can't see it doing much good any more than it has done me marriage, my sweet. I wish whilst you were afraid, you would not be happy. We must get rid of these fears between us. Also, confidentiality. Confidently. I, too, am a little scared. Everything. I can't be bothered with that now, for we are going to meet. Plan a week somewhere. Up comes my heart. A week somewhere by the sea with you. Where should we go? I guess I don't care. As long as it's the sea. And you. What do you think of the news? I don't like getting too optimistic, but wouldn't it be wonderful to come home to stay? I can't help wishing that you won't go and get these letters, that you'll be on your way, that the time to wait is short. And we are hungry for each other, so very hungry for everything you have to give me, your hands your arms, your lips, your body, the smell of you, to know again the exquisite magic of being close to you. When I imagine hard, I can feel your hand on the top inside of my thigh. Why, it's just there, 
I don't know, but that's the spot. It's where I can recapture sometimes. Just your hand there, so vividly. Your hand. Don't you think that's odd? It's quite a feeling. Look for me. Rise for me. Yearn for me. Go on wanting me always. Need me. Feel my pain and my misery, for we are one. Your hand in my blouse, the tip of my breast. Sweet delight. My wonderful man. Good night. I love you. Love letter from Bessie Moore to Chris Baker. Bessie Horny. <laughs> Quick quotes if you've got them before we go into the porn. We've got some porn tonight. I'll be happy to do some quick quotes if anybody has one first, especially new girls or girls who have come out just the first time. Really appreciate it. I know it takes a lot to be brave, so it would mean a lot. <clears throat> Lola, you've got this. You are strong. You are worthy. And you will make it through this. Good girl. You're so pretty, Bridget. <clears throat> Good girl, Sierra. You've been working so hard, Candy. Come here. Daddy's lap is waiting for you. Let me hold you close, my darling. All right, girls, I think that's just going to do it. It is a quieter show. Uh, one link up for tips, Ali, if you'd be so kind. I really do appreciate it. Thank you guys very, very much. Keep the show going and all the rest. We have got some smut for you guys. Just trying to figure out which one to start with. Okay. <clears throat> Just trying to figure out who the first voice is. <clears throat> Well, I'm not doing the accents. <laughs> Otherwise, even more people would roll their eyes. So here we go. Fuck! Have you seen this? I ran into the kitchen, phone outstretched with the latest headline from the BBC displayed. My flatmate, Liam, turned to look at me with his brow raised. If it's about COVID, then I don't want to know. I'm so bored of it now. I fanned myself the bright sunlight from the kitchen window flushing my skin, watching the muscles in his back ripple beneath his shirt as he resumed washing up. Well, prepared to get a lot more bored. He groaned as he wiped his hands on his joggers and took my phone from me, beginning to skim the article. I smirked at the first two handprints framing out the outline of his dick in the gray cotton. 
It's not as if he needed anything extra to pull the focus there. The unmistakable and constant bulge did that well enough by itself. My eyes were dragged upwards by the anguished moan coming from my flatmate. Oh, for fuck's sake, even the fucking pubs are closed. His jaw went slack. I nodded solemnly, extracting my phone from his hand and scrolling to the bottom of the article. Yeah, for three months, apparently. I think the two of us are going to be stuck inside for a while. I punched him lightly on the arm, laughing, but slightly offed and how devastated he looked. Not that bad, am I? He looked down. Well. I grabbed the two of his last bottles of red on display as Liam returned to the trolley with the two crates, the wool of his coat taut around his arms. Should I get more than two bottles of wine? Or shouldn't we just get some spirits? By the end of the first week, both of us had been furloughed from work. Tonight was our leaving commiseration party for two. I leant on the trolley as I pushed it slowly towards the end of the aisle. Are those gloves really necessary? He pointed at the blue surgical gloves I was wearing. Don't come crying to me when you've picked up Corona from all these different surfaces. He bent down to grab a bottle of Jack and a bottle of spiced rum. You realize, if I catch it, then you're definitely going to catch it. Uh, not if I stay away from you. He placed the drinks in the trolley and stepped so close I could feel his voice vibrate against my chest. I think you'll find it hard to stay away from me for that long. I don't know whether it was the lack of outside interaction or the fact that I'd been consuming so much porn I was starting to find sexual tension in an episode of The Chase. But I could have sworn there was a purr to his voice that implied something more, more than the fact that our flat had all the square footage of a wardrobe. I blinked as he stepped away, smirking. Thank God I'd put on makeup, because I felt the burn in my cheeks as I blushed. I think you're overestimating my tolerance for you. I pushed the trolley sharply away and headed towards the till's nipples, embarrassingly hard beneath my jumper. I swore under my breath as I searched through the kitchen drawers. I could have sworn I saw a pack of batteries in one of them. The prospect of not having sex for the indefinite future, combined with being stuck at home 24-7, had left me constantly horny. And Duracell couldn't keep up with the demand. <sighs> you need to update, girl. I was determined to come before I had met Liam in the living room for our thinly-veiled excuse to get pissed all night. I know how when I get when I'm drunk, and under quarantine conditions, I want to take every possible precaution not to fuck where I eat. I'd be lying if I said I'd not gone off to the thought of Liam and I before. I'd seen him before in boxers walking around the flat, and it's hard not to stare. He looked big, the type of dick that you'd be a little scared of, the type of dick that I regularly sought out in drunken late-night Reddit posts. He was an attractive guy, too, and he'd probably be even more so now that he's the only man I'd get to interact with in the flesh. I loved my vibrator, God bless her, but there's something about the feel of another body part on yours, the hunger of sex, that she'll never replicate.
Sneaking a look behind me to ensure Liam's door was still closed, I bent down to look under the sink. I was only wearing a thong and a t-shirt. I'd been mortified if he came into the kitchen and saw me so exposed. Although the thought of Liam sneaking behind me, hooking my thong to the side and running his fingers teasingly up and down my pussy was unbearably hot. I could almost feel his breath on my neck and my body adjusting as he slowly pushed every inch inside me. I slid my hand between my thighs, feeling how wet the thought of my flatmate fucking me hard against the sink. A strong hand around my throat had got me. I gently stroked one finger over the soft material above my clit, breathing in sharply the pleasure it gave me. I checked his door, thankfully still closed. Perfect. I finally spied the batteries behind a pack of sponges and ran back to my room, wondering if she needed <laughs> to look for porn. Author's note, batteries are never beneath the sink under a sponge. <laughs> the bourbon burned a hole in my chest as I leaned out the window and took the joint from Liam. We were shoulder to shoulder the bare skin of my arm against the soft cotton of his shirt. Did you iron that for tonight? He flexed. Gotta make an effort, right? I let the smoke roll in my throat as I held it in back before exhaling it through my parted lips, enjoying the slow buzz through my body. Come on, author, put fucking dialogue tags on. Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. <laughs> this is really hard without tags, goddammit. And I don't know why people can't write them, because they're necessary. So one of them, too, says, I really love that you're not even complimented my outfit tonight, but that could literally be either of them. I gesture towards the silk, low-cut, belted dress, and split falling either side of my thighs. As I knelt by the windowsill, he gazed at me appraisingly, his eyes lingering along the curve of my bare thigh and red lips. Yeah, you clean up all right. I raise an eyebrow. Wow, it makes so much sense now why you don't get any. He laughed. I get plenty. I just don't often need to use my words. It might be big, but your dick isn't magic, Liam. Well... Why would you say that if you've never had the pleasure of trying it? I choked on the smoke, trying to contain my coughing as I handed the joint back to Liam. I stepped back from the sill and swigged some of his wine, finishing the glass. Liam looked bemused. And that's more of the reaction I'm used to. I rolled my eyes. Oh, fuck off. It's just the weed, not your dick. Yeah, but I bet you can't say you've never thought about it. I bit my lip, trying to carefully consider my next words, but the fog of weed and wine made it hard to think with any clarity. Well, I started as I slowly going back on my knees underneath the windowsill. It's only natural if you spend a lot of time with someone, you might imagine them in certain ways. I saw the corner of Liam's lips jerk upwards as I gave him a sideways glance. Especially if said person doesn't stop bragging about his dick. Okay, well, we're skipping all those because you can't fucking tag your dialogue. I took a shot. <laughs> 
I could feel his eyes all over my body, resting for a few seconds too long where the fabric of my dress pulled between my thighs. He flashed a smile and moved his gaze up quick to meet mine. I'm very curious to find out if what I said above was correct. I raised my eyebrows. You and a couple of others as far as I can tell. What kind of confidence only a bottle of wine and a few shots to the head can give? I leaned forward, my lips only an inch from his ear. Have you thought about what I taste like, too? I heard his breath hitch in his throat, his breath warm against my neck as he exhaled slowly. I can't say it hasn't crossed my mind. He raised his palm on the bare skin of my thigh, his fingertips barely slipping underneath the hem of my dress. I bet I taste even sweeter than you've ever imagined. And... I took his hand off my thigh and unfolded my legs, standing up. I doubt you'd be disappointed if you ever got the opportunity. Another drink? I planned on walking away, letting him get a good look at my arse swaying underneath my dress. I'd even planned on it, but Liam grabbed my wrist and pulled me back to him. I fell on top of him, my knees clumsily landing on his thighs, groaning roughly, grabbing my hips and shifting me forward so that my legs fell on either side of his hips. My lips were on his in moments, hot and hungry, pressing his body hard against mine. I couldn't help but moan into his mouth, gently tugging at the bottom lip between my teeth, rolling my hips so that I could feel his dick getting harder against my cunt. The lace of my thong was feeling even more insignificant between us, catching on his zipper as I moved against him. My head was sharply pulled back, his fingers knotted in my hair, exposing my neck and my back arched. I wanted to feel his mouth there. I wanted him to move from his lips and kiss me on the spot above the collarbone that makes me melt. But he held off. I tried to force his head down, but he laughed, nibbling at my ear. Now, who wants an opportunity? I tried to retort, but he dragged out a moan instead, his lips finally hitting my jaw, my neck, along the strap of my dress. My hands were touching his chest over his shirt, undoing the buttons, slipping it off his shoulders. Occasionally, I have remembered that this is something I should not be doing. But that was quickly forgotten when his fingers pressed at my pussy, softly stroking his fingers against the slick strap of material, trying to press harder into his fingers. I ran my nails up his back and into his hair, pulling until his face turned upwards. I raised his fingers to my lips, looking him in the eyes as I sucked the wetness off them. As he moaned, I leaned forward, letting my tongue graze his jaw before I bit his earlobe and kissed down to his neck. I let my fingers trail slowly, trail his shoulders slowly, down his chest until I found his belt buckle. This is never the bit they tell you about in the films, but the awkwardness of trying to kiss someone while simultaneously being very aware of each second passing that you're failing to undress them. I could not get the fucking thing undone. That's it. I pushed myself off Liam and kneeled between him to inspect the belt further, finally unhooking it and starting to work on the button. He starts to laugh. Can't wait to get your hands on it, can you? 
I don't know who, but somebody lied to that boy several times and told him that being a cocky little shit was endearing. As much as I really wanted dick, as much as my cunt practically ached with how much I wanted to be utterly ruined, totally drenched in cum, and I able to move for a solid five minutes, deep down, I'm a petty bitch. That, and I've lived with Liam long enough to know his ego will grow to an unbearable size if left unchecked. I continued to undo his jeans, making him shiver as I ran my fingertips under the waistband of his boxers. What do you mean, Liam? He raised his hips, allowing me to slide his trousers towards his ankles. I slowly kissed my way up towards his thighs, listening to his breathing get faster with each inch my lips got closer. You seem like you've been waiting for me a long time. Oh, so long. I slowly kiss up his shaft, feeling his dick twitch beneath his boxers. He moans as I wrap my lips around the tip, letting my tongue gently flick along his head through the material. But then I stopped and stood up. His eyes were glazed, his dick was throbbing, and my lipstick was smeared over his jaw. It looked like a roofied joker, except this time I was going to be the one laughing. I grinned at him. <laughs> Actually. You know what? I am super tired. So I'm going to head to bed. He stared at me dumbly, I thought. But my dick. I leaned forward and kissed him on the cheek before walking off to my room. Good night, Liam. What the fuck, Soph? I woke up the next day with wet thighs and a vibrator still in hand. I couldn't stop thinking about last night, how big Liam felt, the look on his face when I left. My hand traveled back down to my pussy, and I ran a finger along my clit. I imagined what it would have felt like to move my hand lower, under the waistband of his boxers, to feel how heavy he was with my hands. I wanted to feel him stretch my pussy to play with my clit and keep me wet. I eased myself slowly onto him. I wanted to roll my hips until I took every inch, ride him until I felt my balls slap against my ass. I wanted his cum to drip down my thighs. So, I froze, two fingers half in my cunt, breathing hard, on the verge of coming around Liam's dick, and he was knocking at my door. Managing to shout for him to hold on, I switched off my vibrator, jumped out of my bed, and ran into my bathroom to check my hair in the mirror. I wished I hadn't. Pulling the oversized jumper down over my ass, I hit pause on J. Cole and opened the door, trying to look totally cool. Liam stood there, looking over the threshold, wearing nothing but glasses and tight boxers. I could see everything. All three fucking limbs. I realized I'd been staring, foaming at the mouth, when I managed to look at Liam's face and saw him smirking down at me. His lips looked like they'd feel soft against my skin. What, Liam? I'm cooking breakfast. Be in the kitchen around 15 minutes. So, uh, finish up. I blushed, folding my arms across my harding nipples. Were you listening? No. He winked and walked away. 
Shutting the door, I leaned against it and touched my cunt, still wet enough that my fingers slid over my clit, the familiar warmth building back up. I pressed a little harder and faster, my hips bucking against my fingers and my back braced against the door. I wanted to come on Liam's tongue, feeling him lick my clit as he sucked it in between his lips. Suppressing a moan, I jerked against the door, my toes curling into the target as I came. Before I could even think about how hungry I was, Liam set up a bacon sandwich in front of me. I was halfway through it before he spoke. You left me with my dick in my hands last night. My mouth was full, so he continued. I'm not one of your little bitches, self. I think you know I'm going to chase you, and I'm not going to play into it. If you want me, you can chase me. I swallowed. Liam? Did you ever entertain the possibility that I walked away because I didn't want to do it? No. His chair screeched as he stood up, crossing the tiles and leaning down next to me. I know you'll cave before I do. I looked up at him, smiling. <laughs> Is that a challenge? It's a statement of fact. Meeting his eyes, I held the forefinger to my lips, ketchup dripping down one side. I'm sorry, author's note. Bacon and ketchup? I started to lick up my fingers, enveloping the tip in my mouth and sucking it clean. He watched me intently. My thigh stuck to the wood a little as I stood up. The shorts raised over my cheek and brushed past Liam, my chest pressing against him. We'll see. Admittedly, I did think Liam might try and fuck me this morning. I thought he'd at least try to seduce me. I hoped he would try. I really, really wanted him to fuck me. Over every surface in our flat. As satisfying as it would... That's exactly how she wrote it, too. As satisfying as it would be for last night, and as much as I came over that look on his face, I'd only made myself even hornier. I jumped as I pulled my tight gym shorts over my ass, wiggled the material in order to squeeze into them. Leaning forward, I twerked in the mirror, watching the cheeks jiggle. If Liam wanted to play it like this, then he was on, and I know how to tease. Pulling on one sports bra that makes my tits look insane, I grabbed my yoga mat and headed out to the garden. Liam was already out there, lounging shirtless in one of the deck chairs on the grass, a beer in a cup holder and a joint in hand, a pair of gardening gloves and some refuge bags on the ground behind him. Light hit in the sheen of sweat across his arms and chest, lifting his sunglasses to smile at me. What do you think of the garden? Considering I only just noticed how big it actually is, I'd say it's pretty damn good. Thank you. Anything for you. As I sat... Oh my god, lady, fucking write a sex scene. As I sat down on my yoga mat and started lightly stretching, I noticed Liam shift in his chair slightly so that he was directly behind me. Moving through my daily routine, I could feel Liam's eyes on me, my eyes burning from the intensity. I pressed my feet into the mat, moving into downward dog. Sweat trickled down my thighs as I wondered if my pussy was wet enough to show through the thin spandex. 
Walking my hand. That is not how that works. Walking my hands forward, I pressed my lower body to the mat and arched my back. Feeling my core tighten, my ass press into my thighs, my shorts bunched halfway up to their cheeks. It was hot to picture him sitting behind me, studying me to work out, imagining his dick getting hard as he took his time over my body. Remember, at this point in the story, we're still not even looking at Liam or fucking him. He's just behind us and we're imagining what it's like. Holy fucking shit. Holy fucking shit, author. I don't understand you at all. I held on my lung too long and lost it imagining Liam inside me, wobbling slightly and shaking myself out of it. I switched legs and counted myself out, sitting down on the mat and letting the hair out of his tie. The sun beat down on my body, my chest rising and falling with meditative breaths. I imagined Liam unable to take his eyes off the curve and swell of my tits. We're again imagining? He's right there! He's right there! You're the author! You're the author. They're toys. You can make them do whatever the fuck you want. Why imagine? Liam, still and quiet, moved in his chair and his hand, with a joint and lighter, appeared next to me. Thanks. I lit up, smirking as I caught a glimpse of the other side of the pink lighter. Sex! written in some cheery 1970s porno font. The tension was palpable between us. Tangible. I felt like I couldn't turn around to look at Liam or I'd break it. Can't have that. I wanted to know what he felt, like warmed by the sun, or if he'd taste even better, or even harder, because we were outside in full view of next door. He waited until I was nearly at the roach to move. I heard him get out of his chair and in seconds felt him pressing against my back. His fingers started at my neck, then slowly ran over my shoulders down to my wrists and back up. I closed my eyes, gasping, as he traced the neckline of my bra, one finger dipping between my breasts, then lightly grazing my nipples. My cunt was starting to ache at being touched already. With the lightest of touches, he caressed my stomach, and I shivered when he reached the inside of my thighs and kissed my neck at the same time. His lips felt far hotter than the sun as they touched my skin, gently at first, but then harder, hungrier. He kissed my shoulders as his hands caressed my thighs, my ass, everything but the place I wanted most. I moaned, unable to help myself, as he reached up to the knot to my fingers in his hair. Grinding against him, he groaned, his hands gripping my thighs tightly, holding me against him. Our lips were close, so close, I could almost feel them. But neither of us would make the first move, would forfeit. I dipped my head a little, kneading his fingers in my pussy so bad I almost conceded. His head moved to meet mine, but stopped. He breathed deeply, still holding my thighs tightly, and stilled. Liam? He let go of me and stepped back. 
clenching his fists and exhaling. He was clearly very hard. <laughs> I could feel the warmth from his hands seeping from my skin. The wetness between my thighs and the realization dawned on me. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, believe me. This is hard for me, too. But I meant it when I said, I am not going to give in to you. And he resolved himself and smirked at me. You know, there's only... Okay. Fuck you, lady. You know, there's only so much moral high ground you can take when you literally have a tent in your shorts, right? He blushed. Yeah, well, your nipples are hardly unerect. Why do I do so well with women? Because my counters are better. Yeah, well, your nipples are better than unerect. <laughs> unerect nipples. I... <laughs> <laughs> Some wording is just funny. I screwed my face at him because something needed to get screwed. Oh, good one, Liam. I didn't know whether to scream or laugh. I needed to come so badly. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't stop staring at him. His body. That re-dick, Ulysses Dick. I needed him. With both hands. I peeled my sports bra up and over my head, my hair falling back against my bare back. The air felt cool against my nipples. I stepped forward. I'm not even going to buy it. I'm, we've been, we've been, we've been cold-cocked in the balls too many times. I don't believe it's happening still. I stepped forward until I was close enough to Liam to touch him. Raising my hands, I mimicked his movements from earlier, gliding my hands over his body, feeling him twitch and hearing him moan as I ran my hand over his dick. His arms roped around my waist as I reached up and angled his face to meet mine, kissing him. He pulled me closer to him. I deepened the kiss, brushing his lips with my tongue and pulling him to the bottom of the lip with my teeth. His hands were already ripping down my shorts and my hands wrapped around his dick, my fingers barely meeting around it. He stumbled, his long shorts halfway off, restricting his movements. We parted briefly, both of us stripping off and rushing back to each other, Liam gently guiding me down on the grass, his dick pressing against my pussy, touching my stomach as he pinned my arms down above me. I writhed up against him, my thighs on either side of him, using his hands to hold and grind my clit against him. He moaned against my cheek, kissing and biting my neck. Sophia, you're so wet. I kissed him and stroked his dick down my pussy, feeling his head start to push inside me. I didn't realize, but I held my breath in my chest as my pussy started to stretch around him. He felt so big. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, you're so tight. I arched my back against him, pressing my chest into him, moaning as he started to slowly inch in and out, pressing in further every stroke, my hands traveling down his arms, dragging my nails into his back, digging into his ass as I pulled him closer to me. I was breathing heavily, little moans escaping my mouth as Liam sped up.
I felt so full. He was the thickest I ever had, his dick hitting every place I needed, the slow burn of an orgasm beginning between my thighs. We both cried out as he bottomed out inside me, his hands bald in my hair, his mouth open against my neck, my thighs spread out apart by the weight of his body pressed into mine. I held him tight to me, needing time to adjust the size of him. My cunt felt stretched, tight, gripping him. I started to roll my hips against him, holding him back. Only him, fuck, you feel good. Moving his hands to my waist, he started my slide. He started to slide in and out. I could hear how wet I was around him with each stroke. He mirrored each other's movements, our hips meeting, biting, and nipping at each other's bodies, our lips, both of us panting, swearing, pulling each other's over, over to expose more skin. Every time his balls hit my pussy, I groaned. I could feel the pressure from his dick, his body hitting my clit as we moved. My hips started bucking as I chased an orgasm. Fuck Liam, I'm going... His words faltered into an unimaginable moan as Liam started to pound me as hard as he could. I started to come hard as well, toes curling, head fucked, an intense pleasure searing through my cunt as it became all I could focus on. I barely felt Liam tense on top of me, tightening me as he started to come inside me, his dick throbbing as my cunt convulsed around him. We lay together, breathing hard, sweat cooling on our skin. The world started filling back in around me, the grass stuck at my back, the sound of kids playing somewhere in the distance, and... Is that a GABA? Blaring from our neighbor's house. I look at Liam, smiling. Next time, I'm going to test out your mouth. See, he probably said that to her, but because she can't fucking come up with a goddamn dialogue tag and doesn't know how dialogue flows, I read it in her voice. All right, so that happened. Uh, all right, I'm not trying to be a jerk or nothing, because I really do appreciate it all, but my God, if you're going to write that long of a porn story that doesn't have porn but for the last 10%, I call that a fruit on the bottom. Do you guys remember those yogurts? For the rest of my life, that's what I'm going to think of that kind of thing as, fruit on the bottom. Because it's 95% watery, nasty bullshit, and 5% good stuff on the bottom. And you got to dig all the way through the fucking watery bullshit on top to get the little bit that you want. And that was that story. <laughs> like, when I saw it was a long story... And it was two people stuck inside and they're flirting like mad by, you know, by, you know, 20% in. I thought we were going to get a lot of fucking. I thought there was going to be just asses over heads. You know what I'm saying? So maybe I let my own disappointment creep in as the, as the narrator uh, of that piece, reading it aloud. But my Christ! I kept thinking, like, we talked more about Liam's dick than I've ever talked about my dick. I've been a professional pornographer for four years now and we know more about Liam's dick than mine and I gotta say I'm legitimately curious if that was written by a woman because I know some women are all about the dick I do but I'm never sure I've ever met a woman that was that much about the dick and then was also like well it's here but what am I gonna do right like this almost feels like this was a guy like my name could be Sophia and I love my roommate <laughs>
<laughs> that would explain all the reluctance. That would take why everyone's getting so high and fucked up before the touching begins and why it's so, like, not skin on skin and just all of a sudden fucking... Uh. <laughs> all right. The other piece is also fucking huge. And so I don't want... After that, I just... We're going to save it for next week since next week's going to be a big show anyway and I'm coming in and I'm going to blast it all out. This is just getting the rust off. I had a, I legitimately had a great time. I hope you all did too. Uh, we'll just make it a quick little show. This is basically just come out for next weekend for my birthday, especially if you've never been, especially if you haven't been for a while. It would mean so much to me if you did. I really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody. There will be, for all the girls who can't come out live for my birthday month and all the rest, there will be a link for tips below. There will be a live show every single Friday, 10 Eastern for this month, just like there will be a podcast every Thursday uh, of this month. I really am trying hard to swing it for you guys, even with everything else going on. I do. I appreciate each and every last one of you. Come out to the server. Say hi. I, I lurk a lot more than I talk, but I really appreciate each and every last one of you. That is going to be the show. It was kind of a quick one. If you want more poetry, if you want more love letters, if you want more quick quotes, you just got to come out next week. Birthday show, uh, 14th, August 14th on the server. Come find me so you can come finding me. All right, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs>